Whoever is listening, welcome back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with a Plan podcast, episode 46. Today, I have a very special guest. Joining me is legendary NFL strength coach, Al Miller. Al Miller is a member of the USA Strength and Conditioning Coaches Hall of Fame and worked in the NFL for over 20 years, including the Denver Broncos, the New York Giants, Atlanta Falcons, and the Oakland Raiders. He is not only one of the best of the best, but respected by everyone. He is a great, great guy, and I'm so happy to have him on. Coach Miller, welcome to the show. Thank you, Grayson. I appreciate it. It's really an honor to be, be had on, on the show, and hopefully I can be able to, to answer some of the questions that you have. So I just want you to take me through, how did you get your start in, just as a coach, what events in your life led to such a really decorated career in football? Just take me through that process. Oh boy. Uh, well, you know, it's, it, it's, as far as football is concerned, uh, shoot, that was just something, I mean, where I grew up, a little town, Elberta, Arkansas, in the south uh, part of Arkansas, I that was just something we did. I mean, the whole the whole street that we lived on, that's what we did, that played football. And I never gave it a moment's thought, was I going to go out for football when it got into the years where you had to make a decision? It was just something I did. And I was fortunate enough to, you know, to receive a scholarship for it and uh, had, had a wonderful college career. It was a lot of fun. But uh, as far as the strength club, is concerned i was uh was a man that came into my life uh i was about 12 13 years old and my father just died mother knew i was going down the wrong street and uh, she needed somebody to intervene as a male figure and uh, i wasn't old enough at that time to have uh coaches per se uh, and so she took me down to the where she got her hair done, Grayson, and uh, there was a man there, the, the husband of the wife uh, that owned the uh, beauty uh, parlor there, and he he was a weightlifter, and he had spent his time in life in the uh, United States Navy and was out on the West Coast there at Muscle Beach, and that brought me in, and mother and well, we were poor as church mice anyway and uh, you know so it was uh, we didn't have any money to be able to, to spend but he said if I would help him try to get some people then he'd, he'd see what he could do for me so that's basically where I started my lifting right there and I'll never forget the first thing that we ever did with this bicep curls Grayson and uh Measure my arm, boy, you know, back in. I mean, we were cocky, and boy, we do that little thing. It's like a wasp stung me on that arm, you know, and uh, it measured up about 10 inches, you know, and I was proud of that thing. So we did some curls, and he talked a while and told me what happened, and talked to him, and did another set of curls, and got a little tough toward the end there. And next, he, he said, let's finish up with one more set. So I didn't do but about seven, and I had to help myself with the last three. And he talked a second or two. He said, now let's measure that arm now. Well, I threw that thing up there. I said, wow, that thing is tight. 
and shoot, I tell you what, Grace, it was almost a half inch, uh, best I can remember, you know, bigger. and I thought it, it was like an explosion went on my head. I just looked up at the sky and I thought, my Lord, in a month, I'll be a monster, you know, and uh, I, that's what started it. And there you go. The rest is history, as old saying goes. The rest is history. So one of the early things that I read about you is that you had the opportunity to work under Alabama and head coach Paul Bear Bryant. Tell me, what was that like? What things did you take away from him and his coaching style that helped you later on in your career? Well, I, I started uh, in junior high coaching, and uh, that's another story altogether. But I, I had been at a couple plays. I've been junior high, high school, small college, and uh, – then I went to Mississippi State. I uh, was the, my first actual, I coached football and was a strength coach back in junior high. We, we lifted in junior high, so that was in 1970. And uh, so, yeah, let's see, and around, so, uh, oh, shoot, Grayson, probably uh, 80, 79, 80, I went to Mississippi State as a, that's where I had my first uh, full uh, strength coaching job, I guess you could say, where I wasn't doing two or three different things. And uh, we, had, we, had, we had a real good football team. We had a, a great coach, uh, Emory Ballard, and uh, Emory's the one that created the uh, wishbone offense out there with Darrell Wall in Texas. And uh, he was he was a mighty fine coach. We had some other really fine coaches that were on our staff at that time, some very good ones. And we had a lot of good football players. And it was just a happenstance. And I came in there at the last hour. And we had a good in-season program. And the in-season program, uh, that we, we got stronger as the year went on. Ended up beating Alabama for the first time, I think, in 20 years. And beat them in a good physical football game, which I knew that, you know, Coach Bryant would probably watch and, and, and take note of. But uh, then, basically, then uh, I went back here to my alma mater in uh, northeast Louisiana is what it was called at that time, University. And then got a call from Coach Bryant. Went, uh, went to work for him. I... Uh, if I, it would take the rest of this show to be able to try to tell you all the things that I'd learned from it. But basically, I'll be honest with you, uh, Grayson, the things that uh, that I had learned in college, I was very, very fortunate. I'm, I'm going to be the very first one to ever tell you that I am a very fortunate person and blessed. And, and the fact that I had great high school coaching and mentors. I had a great person in, in the boys' club system, uh, Cecil Kellum, that I owe a lot to because I was fatherless and, and basically I could go astray. And uh, people, good Lord, had placed them in my life that uh, wouldn't let that happen. And they, they didn't and put me in the right direction. And that was a great coaching. So, the things that I learned there with Coach Bryant, you know, uh, were a lot. I, I learned a lot of things. Don't don't misunderstand me. But a lot of the things that he was teaching 
you know, people had already taught me before. I think he was one of the most unique people that I've ever met in my entire life. Now, he was raised about 40 miles from where I grew up and, uh, uh, you know, dated a, a girl from, uh, from, from my hometown. He didn't have a way to get there. He had to hop a train to get there and then the train come back, you know. It was, uh, a lot of just things that, uh, that you learn through the game of, of football, uh, of the toughness. He's the toughest man I believe I've ever been around, uh, mentally tough to the point. And, uh, it was a big physical human being too. And, uh, just, uh, just a, a, a real good teacher. Never said a lot. When he said something, it had meaning. And I find myself today in time looking back on a lot of the little he would call digits, you know, that uh, that he would tell us. And I tell you what, they, every one of them's come true, no doubt about it. So tell me about your partnership with Al Vermeil, famous brother Dick Vermeil. Walk us through that coaching pyramid that really was instrumental for a lot of athletes. Take me through how that was created. Your partnership with him with the 90s Bulls, just all of that process, something else that I found really fascinating was just where you weren't only a part of football, but you're able to branch out and have your influence be a part of basketball, too. Well, uh, you know, when you're a strength coach, you, you, you have them all. Now, I'm going back to Alabama, uh, it was just me and one other guy. And, uh, uh, you know, we had to part ways there, uh, and I brought in and hired uh, Kent Johnston. Now, Kent went on and became uh, one of the great strength coaches in the, of all time, too, in the NFL, and uh, he's still in the NFL. I think he's with uh, uh, Carolina Panthers right now. And uh, so uh, I, that was it. So you had to be able to coach a lot of things. Um, when I was at Mississippi State, the, the way Al and I met is that they had a player that came down and uh, came in the off season right after Christmas. And uh, when he came in, and uh, he came down, and I went down to the weight room and saw him, met him, and I knew he'd find looking kid. I said, yeah. Al Norton, the strength coach here, so forth, so on. And he introduced himself, and he, I, I said, if there's any way I can help you, please let me know. And he said, I've got my own book. I said, okay, that's good. <laughs> and I said, workout manual. I said, you mind if I see it? And so I picked it up. He said, no. I said, I don't want you looking at that. He said, my strength coach told me not to let anybody look at that. And I kind of laughed because there wasn't a lot of us out there, strength coach-wise, at that time. I mean, we were few and far between. And uh, so Al, I, I, I got Al's, I said, well, let me get the name and number, and I'll call him, man. So I did. I called him on the phone, and uh, that's where we first started. Had our first start conversation this last half an hour because he got on He can talk, and uh, he had a lot to say, and I had a lot to listen to, so... And that's how we started. And as far as all of the rest of it is concerned, it was just an educational uh, deal for me. We would go in there and start talking things. Dow has a unique 
a really unique uh, way by which he can take in just about everything that that uh, he can he can read and see and study and strength coaching. It's like Coach Bryant said about about football. Football came easy to him. Strength coaching came easy to Al Vanille. And uh, I think that in my mind, he is, uh, you know, best strength coach he's probably ever been. That, 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 that goes way out there because I've been, I was taught by Alvin Roy, who's the reason all of us have a job in this business or have a job in this business anyway. And, you know, the others, you know, Bob Ward and uh, Lord knows all the other great ones uh, that have been in it. But, Al has a way of being able to understand it and apply it, and that that doesn't happen very often. And uh, he had no problems at all, like me. Uh, he had no problems on picking up the phone, calling somebody, or bringing someone in. And so, as time would go on, uh, we we got very close, very 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 close, and still are today. I, I still love him to death. I know he's a dear friend of the Miller family, and I sure hope I still got a spot at the table on there when his wife goes to cooking. But uh, you know, it's uh, it was just something that Al and I put together. He put together the whole thing as far as the pyramid is concerned. I didn't I didn't help him anywhere anything on that, but I have followed it, and I still think it's you know it's something if anybody interested in trying to become a strength coach that is the way to go it's laid out there for you so uh it was it, it gave a lot of insight to what you needed to do and what you didn't need to do uh, i think if i could answer the question that would probably be what it would be Grace. Hmm. so and they also there's one thing very important in strength training everybody coming up with programs now and that you know and they're, they're they're here there and yonder but you know the thing is you you've got to be able to have a plan for everything now you do i mean all of the great coaches i've ever been with and i've been with a, a, a quite a few that they always had a plan and that plan uh, is whatever they, they feel like it is. And Al Vermeule's got a plan. Most strength coaches, you know, they'll, they'll come up for the first things any of them ask you, but let me see your programs. You know, you, know you, could, you could just you could pull out an old English paper or something. You know, that doesn't, that, that doesn't explain anywhere close to the things you should be able to try to be able to ascertain as a strength coach because you got to why do you I would ask you why Grayson why do you why do you back squat why do you power clean why 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 do you do jumps why do you do run drill why do you do uh, all this those are the things and once you can do that get questions uh, answered then you can start being able to build your own program and belief. Now, once you do that, then do just like Al Vermeil did. Now, he and I and Johnny Parker and Rob Conorello, uh 
this is later on down in life, you know, this is, this is in the 80s probably right now. Al was already out of NFL and into baseball and basketball. And uh, he, uh, he, he was dabbling with bringing in people. And, you know, so... Johnny Parker and I started the same thing a little bit. And uh, we had a man, Gregory Goldstein, who taught me and taught us, um, you know, they had a, a program by which, you know, it's a, it's, if you do it right, it's, it's a, it's a very, very, very productive program. It really is. And, uh, it was something that the uh, Russian back in, uh, oh, Lord, he was back in the 50s. He was a lifter himself in the 50s. And uh, so, I mean, you know, they learned that it was something that the Russian uh, government or athletic department of the, the government uh, created. Uh, and it uh, it's it's a fantastic program. I've never seen the likes of it. Uh, matter of fact, Johnny Parker and I and, and uh, Rob Panarella wrote a book, and uh, it's we didn't didn't want to die without you know without somebody knowing. So it's out there. So anyway, long story short, wandering around a lot, Grayson. But uh, it, it's Vermeil had all of it. <laughs> Uh, down, we have started bringing in people, but as far as the pyramid is concerned, and all of the points that go in with the pyramid, uh, he had he had built it uh, from his own works, from what little you know he might have gotten from uh, any and everybody, and he developed it and put it in a step by step program that. Like I said, it's can't miss deal if you follow it. Well, that's awesome. It's just a, like such a layered guy, such a layered, detailed program, something that you can really believe in and get behind. And I guess that's what makes the legends of your field so great. So tell me, since you've been in the field of strength and conditioning, especially as you elevated to the pros and even in Alabama, have you seen the program and just the idea of what strength conditioning means? Have you seen it evolve since you've been there? And where do you see it going as a future? Well, uh, when I first started in it, it was a novelty. I'd really, you know, Al Vermeil, I mean, excuse me, Alvin Roy was uh, the very first strength coach that was noted. And, and he started in the, started when he was right after World War II in, in the, uh, you know, he was, he was a uh, trainer for the Olympic lifting team and they would go overseas and so he, he really became in, in, enthralled with the uh, Russian uh, way of doing things and, and what they did and he uh, mimicked a lot of that well he took it back and he opened up a uh, opened up a health club there in Baton Rouge and I don't ask me the time the there's somewhere around 1950-ish, somewhere in there. Then he got involved with the Struma High School. And uh, the Struma High School was a very, very strong school back in Baton Rouge in those uh, early early 50s. And uh, 
but they uh, got into the weight training program and they they shoot i think they won something like eight to ten uh state championships then uh let's see uh mr roy went then you know to lsu they won the national championship and then he went into the nfl so these and then then won super bowls there so and that was the guy that you know kind of fostered uh me uh as far as what i did and i was fortunate again to be able to have coaches that would go down and were were forward thinking enough to understand to try to teach us the name of them was uh coach dwight adams and he ended up uh as in charge pro personnel for the buffalo bills back in their heyday so tells you he was a sharp guy ahead of his time but uh, that's pretty much how it all started and then the program started and then everybody started going trying to find the people that knew what they were talking about of course the curtain had never didn't come down till 89 so any of the information that you might be receiving from any of those iron curtain countries which that was where they all the training was really taking place uh you, you you couldn't hardly get it if any and if you got it it was going to cost you a pretty penny so that that was pretty much it Grayson. so where do you see the future of the program like right now it's 2021 we have so much technology so many different ways to be able yeah. to figure things out where do you see it going from here in the 80s uh, right after I left Alabama and uh, got into the NFL with the uh, Denver Broncos the computer age was coming about now before then I had a hundred and forty some odd players there at Alabama and I made their program out, a program that I got from uh, Dr. Mike Stone. Uh, there's a name that, uh, that is, he has spent his life in there teaching it. Great teacher. I learned a lot from him. He is at uh, a university, I think, in Tennessee now. And he was at Auburn and ran their, um, their entire, you know, strength clinic at that time that they had down there, which was a big major part of their curriculum that they used at the university and has created the same thing as such up in uh, Tennessee. Now, uh, with that, you had to do it by hand. There, there's no computer. I mean, so you had a pencil, uh, you had a calculator, and you had a lot of sheets that, uh, you know, that you had to write out workouts for. So I said, when we started, when I went to the NFL, then that's when the the computer started coming around. And uh, a young man by the name of Rocky Colburn uh, played for us in Alabama. He was a very intelligent kid, and uh, he was a heck of a safety. And uh, he, uh, I think, finished about third in, the, in his class at, at Alabama in math. Well, he took what I had what we had gotten from 
Gregory Goldstein I mentioned earlier and put it into a, uh, a computer. And his wife he married, uh, well, she was in the computer program at that time. So bingo, bingo, you, you had, you know, a perfect mix right there of what needed to be done. So with the understanding that, trying to answer your question, Grayson, is I, I told everybody then, I, I said, well, the way that this is going to go is going to be, you know, certainly uh, this computer, you've not just seen the start of it, it's going to offshoot into a lot of things. Now, you've got today in time, you've got uh, where you can, uh, you, you have uh, things that uh, can measure the bar speed. Uh, Al Vermeil, I tell you what, his name pops up again, Grayson, and he built one of the greatest tools that can be used. Then I think got into a legal battle with uh, a person that was in there with him. But I mean, it did everything. It measured bar speed. It measured, uh, measured uh, time on the ground, depth jumping. It, it measured height that you could jump. Uh, we used it a lot for defensive back drills. You can measure, qualify everything that you wanted to. Standing jumps, uh, vertical as well as linear. And just uh, unbelievable. And people have now trying to duplicate a lot of those things that are coming up. So what is it coming to? I, I think that uh, all of the... It, who knows? I mean, that's like asking me to look in the future. Shoot, I can't tell you what I had for breakfast by half the time. But uh, I, uh, you know, it's, it's going to get better, uh, I hope. Uh, I, I think one of the things that everybody's missing, Grayson, is the fact that uh, uh, I think they're, they're, they're trying to utilize all of these gadgets rather than understanding the program rather than understanding the kids that they're coaching, the one of the most important things you can do, just think about it. Now let's take you, for instance, Grayson Man, and put you into a situation where you're playing at, at uh, Clemson there, let's just say, and uh, if we take you in there and then we, we load you down with the weights and, uh, you know, you hurt yourself, then, well, what are you going to think? You know, man, I ain't lifting weights anymore. That stuff's dangerous. Now, you go in there with a well-thought-out program, guy's going to find out, first of all, what you can't do. So now you just go in there and start one-leg squatting because the game of sport, just about every one of them, is a one-legged game. When you run, man, for one foot on the ground. So you've got to be able to uh, always handle your own body weight one leg and uh so you've got to be able to find out, A, can he squat all the way down and up for a number of sets and reps. Those are just simple little deals uh, uh, that you can do. There, there are a couple of more. Al's got them written down on his uh, pyramid of development. And we've uh, introduced a, uh, a deal called the uh, Complex, and it's Devon Javoric came up with that. And uh, he, uh, he's, I think he some, was somewhere in Kansas still, I think, last time I heard. Uh, he's, he's, he's a knowledgeable person. Uh, I think he's from Romania. 
I, I may be wrong, but don't quote me on that, but uh, somewhere like that. And uh, so anyway, I think it's coming to the point that uh, people are getting into it, not knowing a lot of what's going on. I know the uh, CSCCA has done a great job trying to educate the kids and everything, but uh, I, I think that there's a lot of work to be done in that, and I think kids need to be able, I say kids, young men and women that are getting into the field need to be able to understand how to write and develop a program, what the steps of, you know, Bermuda's hierarchy is going to be. Understand about the human body of what it's, it's going to take, uh, sense and rep-wise, which, you know, you could, <laughs> I guess I'm selling my book, but you buy the book right there or get into a lot of it. That's got to be somewhere, you know, else. But it's find out sets and reps, what they will add up to, and uh, you need to be able to, you know, follow the programming. It's it's involved with that. Understanding when to use exercise. There's a lot of things, Grayson, a lot of things that are being, I think, missed along the way. And I saw somewhere the other day, you know, somebody had worked all summer long, and now we're all you know, getting into the period of time, and everybody's starting up with ball. And they, they're going to go for what they call the hell week before uh, before they went into, you know, their two-a-day practice. And, you know, nothing could be further from the truth that you ought to do because, you know, you get them, you're trying to get them, the players, to the strongest, fastest, quickest, most explosive position they can be in. And throwing them into a hell week where you take all the sets and reps and just throw them out the door and just try to run them in the ground that takes it out of their legs rather than puts them in a ground position so little ditties like that you know uh people just got to understand coaches have to understand what they're doing when they when they uh ask them it, it, mental toughness but your mental toughness has got to come from a lot of other ways a lot of other ways so, did that answer some of the question you were looking for? Oh yeah, it's very detailed. Like I feel like everybody's gonna get something out of this interview, which is just so great. I want to start with what your NFL career was like. Take me through the day-to-day process of working for some of these just billion-dollar industries, such as like the Broncos, the Falcons, the Raiders, the Giants. These are storied programs, storied franchises, and for you to be a part of it, how does that make you feel as you reflect on it? How did that process go? Just walk us through that. Yeah, that's a good question right there. Uh, um, yeah, I, I was at Alabama, and when I left my university here, the one I graduated from, um, and went to Alabama, I knew that I was sticking my neck out there. And uh, I'll answer that by saying this, Grayson, what I mean is, you know, the major schools, when you're in there, you, you're in a turnstile pretty good, and you don't know where that turnstile is going to take you and kick you out. You may be in, you know, uh, state of Washington. You may be in Florida. You may be in South California, or you may be in Buffalo, New York. You don't know where you're going to be uh, if and when you get into those collegiate type of, of situations where Alabama's always been, you know, for years and years and years uh, 
one of the top universities, you know, in the United States. So I knew then, and I knew Coach Bryant told me when he interviewed me that, uh, you know, he said, I'm, I'm in the twilight of my career. And he said, uh, you know, I want you coming here because it's Alabama rather than it's rather than me. And, uh, you know, so he knew that he didn't have no too much longer left in the coaching field and tried to make it completely clear that things could change which and so I always said and to my wife at that time who has since passed away and we had children that uh, I didn't want to get to be a suitcase coach you know where or you you pack up here and go, pack up and go, pack up and go. I, I, I saw too much of that, and that just wasn't, wasn't me. But when I made that move to Alabama uh, and got into the professional league, I never wanted to coach in the NFL, never did. Never thought the kids could take or the uh, players uh, could, you know, want to train and, and work as hard. Heard a lot of horror stories, you know, coming back from there. Uh, and, and so I consequently I, I was I was not looking to go to the National Football League was not huh. and uh, and it, it uh, but when, when the opportunity I forget that came along and uh, I went out and interviewed I, I sat down with Dan Reeves and Reed Johnson and uh, they uh, we had dinner one night at a great restaurant and we were sitting there eating and, uh, and uh, so Dan was, was doing a lot of talking and asked me and I said well coach I said this doesn't sound like I said, excuse me for asking I said this doesn't sound like an interview I said it, it sounds like you're offering me the job and he said I am he said, I want you to take it. And boy, I tell you what, I said, well, I was trying to buy time then. I do my best, best uh, Ali shuffle I could muster up. But uh, I uh, wanted to go back and talk to my wife. And, uh, you know, the one thing it did, it was a boost of about, no, I don't know, $20,000. But back then, that was a lot of money in 1985. And, uh, so it allowed her to stay home and be able to raise our children. And uh, I, I got out there and I said, Lord, I don't know how long it's going to last. But, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> but we kids uh, did a great job of accepting me in there. Uh, I think they knew or felt like that. You know, I was there to try to be able to help them and uh, that I had somewhat of an idea of, of, of how to do that. And uh, then we started in at it. And then you just got to be able to sell yourself on a day-to-day -day basis right there. And uh, But that's that was pretty much my inauguration into the National Football League. Um, then I got to understand the, the NFL player a little more and, and, the, and the entirety of the game, much longer game in the year than uh, 
than the uh, than the college game was. Um, so each place that I went, Grayson, I think that was part of your question. The I, I look at the at the time that I, I spent in Denver. Um, that's probably the the uh, chandelier of my my coaching career uh, that in Alabama was uh, two of the things and places that uh, were different and they were different because of the people and I think that's what can be said just about anything that you ever delve in anybody feels like something's real good then it's real good because of the people that you have there and the people that we had there running program with our owner uh, Pat Boland, uh, who's since passed away, and uh, John Beek, uh, who's still there, uh, living in, in I think, the uh, Denver area, and our head coach. He was as uh, I, I had met him with uh, when I was recruiting in college, and over in Dallas, a uh, friend of mine, Joe Ferguson, who was a great quarterback in himself, played about 17 years, he and I good friends and and um, went over and he introduced me got us in there and we met them all but anyway uh, he was a head coach and I just left Coach Bryant and uh, boy that was that was a guy you know that I really tied to and worked for him for 19 years and uh, I had opportunities to go someplace else and other things but he, he was far better than than anything else out there I, I, I knew hey I could trust him and uh, that, that goes a lot in times of old and certainly times of now and um, you know he, he was a man he was a football man he, he trained us he let us work he let me he and uh he appreciated what I did. He himself, uh, as, a, as a player coach with Coach Landry in Dallas, uh, ran, the, ran the strength program. And what he learned under um, Alvin Roy helped him. So those type of things right there uh, joined us up. And we had a wonderful time. Now, we have, we have great players. And anytime you have great experiences, you usually win. And, and we won. We won a lot, and uh, we had we had, we had great players, and uh, we had some all-star players, and uh, they were a lot of fun. Besides being uh, great players, they worked hard, uh, and and we did work hard at it, but we tried to work smart at the same time, and uh, it, it was just a. Uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful relationship. Mr. Boland uh, couldn't have been better uh, the way he treated all of us. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he, he he would come down. He himself was a very good athlete. He was a triathlete. And uh, he would he would uh, he'd raise the, in Hawaii, and he used to, you know, surf and swim and, and run and bike and everything else. So... Good athlete, uh, Coach Reeves obviously played nine years running back in the NFL. You got to be 
Cooper's did, and he, he, he stayed. So great, great opportunity, and then I followed him to New York, and then I followed him to to Atlanta and all of those places. Uh, the New York Giants, uh, you know, boy, I, I hate to make that move because I had to follow Johnny Parker in his footsteps. Johnny and I got to be good friends uh, back when he was in high school and I was just taking my first college job. And we remain good friends till today, just like we do with Al, Bill, Rob Conneroe, Don Chu, just all those guys. We're still very close. Uh, we don't get to see each other as much, but we all call each other. <laughs> now, besides sets and reps and how fast and how much you can jump and all that, what we're talking about, how you do it, how you feel it, you know, when you're up and walking. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, or y'all go win the, you know, the conference, and then you think, you, how you going to do in the deal? So I told him about a year or two ago, I said, boy, our dialogue has changed tremendously. <laughs> but uh, still great friends. And for those types of things right there, when you make friends with the people that you're in business with, like that, uh, boy, I tell you what, uh, it's some of the greatest uh, times of my life been spent with those guys. And uh, talk about learning a bucket load. And, uh, really did. And I'm going to tell you one thing. Let me let me interject something. It's probably off the, off the beat path, Grayson, so you got to keep me on, on track sometimes. I'll wonder. You're all good, man. You're all good. But, uh, you know, one of the things that we figured out, if Johnny and I and Vermeil, uh, it was around 84 or 5, somewhere in there, I think 85, that it, we started, you know, hey, look, calling each other, you know, hey, hey, what, what's going, how do you, what, what, well, Al Vermeil, via with the Bulls, would send him over to Italy to check out the uh, prospects of basketball players in the country of Italy. Well, Al, being of, you know, Italian descent, you know, that was, boy, I mean, he said, boy, you talk about some food. Now, he, he was, I mean, you know, Al loved eating when we were young. As, and I tell you what, he was in hillbilly heaven, but he got to meet some very, very uh, uh, good strength and conditioning coaches there. And he got to meet them in different other places, too. And, of course, the success that they had uh, with the Bulls at that time, winning championship after championship, and the Super Bowl that he went won back uh, with the 49ers, all of those things, you know, allured them to him. And he told, we all got together one time. He said, you know, I can't keep going around listening to these things. He said, I've got to be able to. I want to bring them in here. And so we talked, started talking to three of us, and uh, what we would do is, is bring in people, uh, get the organization to pay for them to be, you know, a one-on-one type. Now, we, we may get them there for three days, but if you, you take a uh, airplane ticket and you can use the housing on nice hotel close by that give you some great rates and and then uh, you know pay them whatever they wanted 
that is a whole lot cheaper than going uh, to a one-hour lecture with 500 people in, in the conference center, and you're trying to rub elbows with them to ask one question. So we did a great job, I think, with that. That's one of the things that uh, uh, I, I think was one of the best things that we did. And we would shoot video of it, and then that, that's when video came out then, and that was uh, what we do with video. And if Al would bring in, we would get kind of like the uh, menu for the offseason, who we would bring in. And he would bring in somebody, you know, that he was more interested this time with this or that aspect. And each one of us would have some people in, and what we would do is just swap, you know, uh, the videos. That gave us, man, you did, You stayed in your, your own bed. You didn't have to travel all over the world. And you got to have them right there at your disposal, one-on-one, all day long for maybe three days or so. And it just proved extremely beneficial to all of us as far as the knowledge that we achieved and, and got from that. And, you know, with the, guys like you know charlie francis lauren seagrave lord and, and the people you know uh, from over and then johnny and, and rob then went over to severshansky and medviev over those people over in russia and uh, of course we brought in uh, gregory goldstein and and uh bent botchnik uh you know invented the uh, uh parachute uh he was charged speed development for 24 years in Russia. So, you know, just it helped everything. So, that that's about that one. So, have you got another one for me? I've got, I've got a couple. <laughs> You're all good, man. It's all part of that experience. You've got so many stories, so many great just things. Of, you've got so many bits of knowledge to share that, like, whatever you want to say is just so valuable to not only this interview but for me and for the audience. I want to go into like your preparation for the NFL playoffs. Obviously, NFL playoffs is a really just like it's like the final yeah. four. It's like the great one of the great tournaments right. of sports. How did you prepare your teams in terms of strength conditioning? Did you keep up the grueling program? Do you keep them lifting or did you kind of slow it down? Take me through your process okay. as the postseason wrapped up. Well, that's a, that's a real good question. Uh, I, I got to two major points on that right there you know I, we we understood understood the uh, the uh workout situation you know we're back then we were we had in the nfl we had we had perfect situation we had i think 16 18 weeks uninterrupted uh you know, workouts that, that we did with the team. Then in there, there was about a two-week period, I think, they had what was called was uh, Pascali, which did not include the big guys. And, uh, you know, so <laughs> why they came up with the, what they call OTAs, I have no idea. I mean, if, kid, if kids played guard uh, in junior high, high school, college, and now, he, and now he's in the pros and he doesn't know how to block, you know, and you're going to go out there and, you, and they play, let's just look, you play in 16 regular season, 
four preseason. That's twenty games, and if you're fortunate enough, you know you play you know anywhere three to four. So that's uh, more games and playoffs. That's twenty plus half a year. So half a year you're playing football, and if you hadn't learned through all of those years, nine world you're going to go out there in OTA, you know, and they get them out there in spring practice. I thought that was the stupidest thing that I've ever heard of in my life. And uh, I stand behind that. Um, but we had great, you know, uh, workouts with them that uh, would go. We would go into our training camp, which was a lot longer than seven, eight weeks as it was. Uh, we would go and then break and come back in and go through your you know, off-season, I mean, our uh, preseason games. And then season, and we had 16 straight games. Now, we would, we would once we, we would try to bring our people, Grayson, to a, a peak at the beginning of training camp. Okay, think about it. That is, that is the time that you want to give every kid that comes out there the best opportunity that I could provide for them to make the team would get them as big and strong, as fast and explosive and as free of injury as you possibly could. So that was one of the, that was the peak right there. We would bring them in. And then about, uh, I think it was about a week, four or five days uh, before, uh, five days probably before we went to a training camp, you know, we, we would just, we'd just pull off, let them, let them R and R do whatever, pack, whatever they need to do. Then once we started in training camp, it was a, it was a, uh, little different deal We we, we lifted, but we, we, we cut the reps way back. We really did. And, uh, then went on in and then, so the first year we did it, uh, we were a good football team. We were 11 and five and did not make the playoffs. And that was the last time, Grayson, that uh, that rule, they changed it that year, of course, and, uh, and, and never had it again where, you know, an eight and eight team went in ahead of us. But uh, then, the next thing happened is that I went up watched Al Bermil and they were doing really well up there and he called me and my wife and I went up there and visited with him and his wife and uh, stayed three or four days and, and uh, went and watched them work out well they had a game that night and went in there to the Bulls place and Al had a nice weekend in there and uh, they were lifted I didn't say anything. I'm sitting there looking, and uh, and, and look, they were lifted. <laughs> and I'm not talking about little bitty. They were power cleaning and squatting. And so anyway, that, I, I, we finished watching them and everything, and uh, they, they showered up. Now, this was the morning they played that night. I said, look. I said, you know, hell, I said, look, uh, what, are, what are you doing? He said, well, you know, you don't. And he told me then, you know, it's, it's, he said, it's, it's about a, the number of repetitions you do. And he said the weight has something to do with it too. But he said, if you don't do a number of reps to tire them out, you, you, you know, and then basketball is, is a lot, you know, uh, you got a lot of, you don't have constant running. 
all the time. It sets the game up and down pretty good. But, uh, you know, he said, you'll have ball out of bounds. You'll have a jump ball. You'll have a foul. You'll have, you know, different, different things stop the game. So, anyway, he, he talked to me about that. And then I, in, in turn, Q&A'd him for a long time about it. Johnny Parker had taken another approach with it, but Johnny had already learned that same thing. And uh, we played each other, Johnny and I, in uh, in the uh, Super Bowl in '86, and of course they pinned my years back. But uh, the Johnny had already instituted the same thing that Al was doing, and so you know uh, that was a very big big point so when we got into the playoffs uh i wanted to be able to try to knowing or planning or hoping anyway that we would go to the super bowl that would be another four-week cycle that uh, that you usually had to, to go through so i would we would try to, and we did our lifting we would approach you know 85 percent uh uh for you know, repetitions, usually anywhere from one to three. But uh, now when we did that, it, it, uh, I started doing after I watched uh, Al and, 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 and Johnny <laughs> taught it to me, you know, out there in California in the Super Bowl, of being able to uh, lift our kids, uh, you know, bring them to another peak, just like we did before we brought them into two a day. So, that was important right there, Grayson. And uh, that's, that was one thing. Then we, you know, time off. Now, I'll tell you another thing that I did learn. I, we we, uh, we also went to, you know, a couple of uh, championship games, uh, you know, AFC championship games. And I, I learned this. I would go to all of the players and – this with them and I talk to them so what do you do how long do you take off what is your rest period what do you do when you come back so I I, I, I Q&A'd them all pretty good and I found that the real you know the great majority 85% of the guys that were long standing real good uh, all pro players would start their workouts very soon after the season was over with, like three weeks. And I said, you know, and I'd ask them why, what, and all of that stuff. So I got a great insight on a lot of things like that as far as the programming is concerned throughout the the playoff system. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Oh, yes, sir. I think it's also, like you said, with uh, the all-pro players, really just starting right after the season, you can tell why they are the one of the best of the best of the league because they put in that work. Two more questions before we wrap up. The well, first. Let, let me say this, too. One, one thing is very important about that, and I am of the age now that uh, I know uh, I've, I've studied human body since, since I was old enough to read and write just about, and uh, – when you get older, you lose your, your capabilities. You know, I think 28 is the apex for speed and strength. And uh, then as you do that, the thing that goes first, you'll stay strong up until 40. I mean, some of the world records have been set 
you know, uh, Vasily Alexiev, uh, you know, 40, 41 years old. But the thing that you do lose is, is, is the speed factor. And if you, you there's, there's, there's just never been a real whole lot of older sprinters. You, you get some now, they're, they're getting a little bit better, but you still can't beat father time. And that's, that, that's the thing right there. So, uh, one of the things that you you really got to be able to do is is keep the professional player regardless of what sport your football basketball baseball does not make a difference golf is all you have got to be able to keep your qualities up there and one of the most important qualities is the explosion ability, uh, the power, force times distance divided by time. You do that, and uh, then you can elongate your career, you know, two to three years. Now, with the money that these kids are making and started making when I was, was in the professional end of it, that'll put you a long way down the road as long as you got somebody smart enough to invest your money for you. So you, you're, if that's your chosen pathway in life, your 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 money earning period of time is going to be over forty years old. There's been some places up there the exception rather than the rule. So that's another thing that's very important. But go ahead, Grayson. I, I just thought I'd add that in. I think it actually uh, segues into the, the the next question I was going to ask you. Speaking of people uh, going at 40 years old, starting to exceed expectations. What is your take and your grasp on what Tom Brady's been able to do? Obviously, he has his TB12 method. Have you looked into it? Have you read his book? Because I think he's doing something that most people would never be, like just what he's winning a Super Bowl at 43, being able to do all the things he does at such an older age, especially for the NFL. How have you perceived his career, especially in the later years, and his book and his methods? Well, Methods he has used. I, I think uh, he he has had, he's changed them a lot. I know uh, Johnny Parker had him. I think uh, up there. I, I think I'm right. I can't remember years gone by now so fast that uh, uh, Johnny was with Parcells up there after the New York years and that. I think, but you know, uh, Brady is first of all is a mentally tough son of a gun. And uh, uh, that that A number one is it, and I think if you'll see a lot of those, those you know, uh, John Elway uh, that I had, uh, Phil Sims, uh, hey, yeah, that's what they the the, the they are mentally tough. Uh, now they, you got to be gifted, though. I'm not trying to say just you know, but. The way that he's trained, he has taken uh, a lot of steps in making sure that his body is adapting to what it needs to do. Uh, Drew Brees, I had a conversation with Drew Brees. I went down to Saints probably, I don't know, six, eight years ago, somewhere like that. And... uh, 
and I got a chance to visit with him. We kidded about one thing. We almost took him in the draft with us uh, when we took Michael Vick in Atlanta. But anyway, um, it's another story. But uh, the these guys really take care of their body. You know, they don't take care of their body just three out of five days a week to work with. You know, I mean, it's it's twenty four seven. So the things of which they do and your body changes, as I told you earlier, you know, with those different periods and times in your life, they've changed with it and found what worked for them and continued it. But now they've had all of them have had that game right there. Believe me, it takes no prisoners. And uh, it, it, <laughs> you can come out of there with without problems, then, you know, the, the the, the licks that they hit, uh, the, the shoulders, the ankles, knees, hips, back, uh, hands, uh, man, it just broken noses. You, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a tough game. And those cats that are playing it, man, let me tell you now, they can go, Grayson. They can go. The they field can. is almost look like it's too small for them to play in sometimes that fast. That's crazy. Um, I want to, with you in the NFL, you've been in the NFL for so long. You worked with so many different teams. Tell me, who was your favorite player or set of players that you loved working with? Was there a specific story that you had that was like, that player really resonated with me? Tell us about that. Well, uh, yeah, a lot of people have asked me that, that same question. And, uh, you know, I've been blessed. Good Lord blessed me. And put me in the right spots at the right time with the right people. Uh, so I won't be perfectly honest with you about that. It, uh, and the thing uh, is if you say, oh, boy, this was the best player that I've had. Well, that, 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 that's, a, that's a slight to the others now. But to be completely honest with you, we had – I, you know, was fortunate enough to coach some great ones. I mean, so I, how can you say this one was better than that one when that one was, you know? And so I, I don't, but I, I, I do say uh, that there are, um, you know, the one story that tickled it is funny, is that I was just hired, you know, like I was telling you about Dan hired me out there. So I go out there and I think I'll go and get out there around the 1st of February and leaving uh, T- Tuscaloosa, uh, Alabama, and going to, to Denver. I had never been to the mountains in my life, you know. I mean, good Lord. That, so I, <laughs> I was uh, starstruck by a lot of things there. But anyway, I uh, go in there, so they tell me, you know, Mike Shanahan was – quarterback coach and uh, Mike and I got to be good friends and he uh, he said now he said and Dan Coach Reeves did too said that uh, you know John Elway you know done lift weights I looked at him I said do what <laughs> he said <laughs> he said John John done lift weights I said well he got hurt this year didn't he and he, they said yeah his knees are bad I said well, there you go. I said, hell, you know, that, hell to do that. And they said, well, I ain't done live. And I said, you know, I just, I, it, it, it just bum fucked me. He was, you know, top player chosen and all that. Anyway, so, I mean, we kind of had my, had my speech all together, you know. And so sitting around 
one just one morning working on programs, you know, like I was telling you that I did. And uh, all of a sudden, about 11 o'clock, here he comes, walked right by the old facility that we used to have. He came in and said, hey. So I said, well, hey. I said, how you doing? And uh, he said, I'm John. I said, I know you are. I said, come on in here. Said, so we sat down, started talking, and, and I, you know, went through a bunch of things, just trying to get each other, you know, find out, you know. And uh, I said, well, John, let me ask you a question. I said, you know, it's, it's coming down to this anyway. I said, it's why you're here probably. I said, is, you know, they tell me that, you know, you're, you're position coach and head coach that you don't lift weights. He said, that's right. I sure don't. I said, well, do you mind me asking why? And uh, he said, uh, well, I don't need to. And I thought to myself, I said, well, he does have, <laughs> he does have pretty, pretty good point there. You know? <laughs> He's first player in the baseball and football draft. So I said, well, I said, you know, the thing. And I, so I started in on my, my little sales speech. And, you know, it sounded like a carnival heartbeat. And, uh, and I said, well, it's, it's going to uh, it's going to increase the uh, the speed on the football. Well, I Wide receivers tell me that I throw it too fast anyway. I said, well, all right. I said, I'll tell you what, it'll, it'll help you with your setups and, and uh, get, get, getting back, dropping back faster and plant foot. Well, they tell me I'm fast anyway, throws the timing off with the wide receivers. And I said something else, and then he had a rebuttal for that. And by, about that time, you know, I said, well, I'll tell you one that gum thing and I, I, I might have changed my language back then <laughs> I said just I said uh, one thing it's going to do is that it's going to keep you healthy on the field for 16 games a year and hopefully more and so you can do what you're brought here to do and I can stay employed so I said there you go <laughs> and he looked at me boy and I thought I said oh I said, he's going to punch me in the snout, you know. And he stood up and extended his hand. He said, I've been waiting for somebody to talk to me like tell me. No, he said, I've been waiting for somebody to tell me that. And I, I, he said, I'll be here tomorrow. I said, well, we don't start. Today. He said, I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> and let me tell you, when he started, he was as weak as, I mean, weak. He was weak. And Mike Shanahan said, so I'm going to work out with you. And uh, so he and John worked out. Uh, about, about that third, fourth week right there. Uh, this was back before the offseason started. Uh, John comes in and says, where's Mike? I said, I don't know. So I, I said, Mike, you go. he came down there. And uh, he said, you going to work out? I said, no, I ain't working out with you anymore. Anymore. He said, well, how come? He said, well, you ain't anymore to work out with. He said, I'm sore, so I can't move. Well, John had, was, had taught me a lesson with that. The great athletes, Grayson, the great athletes will have a lot faster curve of learning. They're kind of like the smart kids were when I was in school. You know, I, I was the dunce, and they would go to you know, teachers pet, you know, they knew all the answers than that. Those the kids that were really gifted could do a lot of things automatically. 
Albert Neal made mention of that a lot of times. And John was that way. He went on. I mean, now he was weak. I'm saying weak. He, he was he was weak. And we always were very careful of his knees because, uh, you know, he had had a lot of trouble with them. And they were bad com- coming to the NFL. But uh, he he got he got really strong. I mean, in the course of well, I was there eight years with him. I mean, he got strong, and I, he, I never never let him. He would want to go. He and he would he was eager. He would and get in there and challenge the the offensive line. He was a uh, he was he was he was one of the ones that. Uh, if I ever had to say that, you know, that that, that, that was a, uh, a changer at that, that late in, in his career, I, I think that helped him a lot. I really do. Uh, uh, he was a great athlete before, but this gave him uh, strength to be able to, to do things. He, 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 he was really, he, he got real strong. Nope. And, uh, and the rest yeah, is history for that, yeah. That, that so, it's crazy. That, that that was one of the funnier stories there. There, but you know there were there were so many real stars that I had one kid that was named Joe Delaney. Uh, Joe, uh, many old timers would probably remember that name. Joe was a running back, and uh, I was at Northwestern uh, here at. Louisiana Northwestern State University, not the big one up in, up north. And uh, he, Joe came there. Joe, in, enormous speed and unbelievable athlete. And a lot of people were, we got, uh, because his head coach and our head coach were good friends and coached together and so forth. And Joe was drafted in the second round, I think, by Kansas City, and I think made all pro the first three years. And he ended up drowning, uh, saving three kids' life uh, out here in a uh, just a little place in uh, in a park. And uh, went, I think, two years ago and did the eulogy. We put up a a big monument out here for him. But uh, he was... uh, he was one of the, the the best athletes. They they won the. Uh, they had Mark Duper. Mark was an All Pro uh, wide receiver for the Dolphins. He played wide receiver for us, and uh, we had uh, another another young man that, that played wide receiver. Played about three or four years, I think, for Chicago, and uh, they had the four by one fastest relay team. Joe was one of the kids that uh, I began to understand that the great athletes, which Joe was, Joe, Joe ran, I, mean, I forgot, he was one of the fastest kids I ever had. He, Mike Vick, uh, oh, Vance Johnson, uh, a lot of these guys, like, yeah, just, just for enormous speed. Now, four tubes, nice. that's a legitimate four tube. Uh, high four two, four two eight, four two seven. But anyway, uh, you know, Joe Delaney was was special, and uh, that was the one that taught me a lot about the 
great white fiber to out the leaf that could explode, you know. And uh, how he, he already had a head start, you know. And I understood what a lot of the older coaches used to say, you just got to go recruit that fast one. You know, I understand why. But uh, that, that's pretty much it. And a lot of great ones. I mean, you know, he said, here, I yeah, that, that a lot of them. But uh, just, just very fortunate. But a particular one, I did be, oof, went too hard. I couldn't pick them. <laughs> Well, I think that wraps up our show today. That is just in just so many experiences, so many stories, so much knowledge. This is one of the most decorated podcast interviews I will probably ever do. Coach Miller, thank you so much well, for joining the let show. Me, let me let me say one thing in parting, and I wish somebody had told me this, uh, you know, when I was a young man. Uh, you know, in uh, I, I'll say this to all the young coaches uh, that are out there now and there are young people that uh, you don't have to be a coach to, to understand this but you know if you're in the coaching business it's a, it's a tough business now there is no doubt about it now, there, you can do a lot of things to make it easier or harder for yourself but one of the things I think everybody uh, needs to be able to do is there's going to be a lot of dark times in your life, a lot of hard times in your life, a lot of times that, boy, that, you know, a lot of people just throw up their hand and say, I'm ready to quit or whatever the case may be. But i tell you what, if, if everybody needs to develop, if, you, if you've not been granted that ability through your family or, or whatever, of a closer uh, walk with Jesus Christ and God and find a way to do that, I, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate uh, of, of being able to sit here and tell you firsthand, it makes life a lot easier. Um, and it, you delve into the Bible, it, it really would help. So I'm a big believer in it. And uh, I would like to tell all the kids out there, young people, that uh, you need to take time to make sure that you, you do follow along that guideline but uh, Grayson I really appreciate you having me here today I enjoy sharing the story I uh, hope it didn't bore you too much uh, not at all uh, I uh, I hope that uh, the kids out there the young people that got something from this and uh, it's been a lot of fun yes sir and, uh, I've had a lot of fun doing it and uh, I, uh, I have a lot of good friends that uh contributed to my success there's no doubt about it well that wraps up today's episode of the man with a plan podcast episode 46 with legendary strength coach al miller guys if you enjoyed the show be sure to share this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and as always take care 